Who's Hound Entertainment presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden and the Speakeasy Studio in the United States, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show, the show that celebrates everything vinyl. My name is Phil Boyer, and as always, from the land of the Vikings, where everybody drinks out of the horns on their helmets, everybody loves Kiss, and what else needs to be said? My brother from another mother, Mr. Mike Svensson. Mike, how the hell is it going over there in the land of Sweden? It's going really good. Drinking from the horns, man. From the horns, yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about this. What the hell, man? <laughs> and uh, and we, we are not alone today. No, we, we aren't. No, we got some somebody great with us. We got Chips Caseby, guitar player, songwriter, and producer from the Swedish cult rockers, Sator. Welcome, yes. Chips. Welcome. How's it going? Hi. Thank you. I'm I'm great. You're great. Yeah, All right. Drinking from the horn. <laughs> All drinking right. From the horns. <laughs> yeah. He he does that every every time. He he thinks that <laughs> the Vikings actually used horns. <laughs> Those Americans, right? They 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 know nothing about us Swedes. <laughs> we make good chocolate and watches. Yeah, and vodka. <laughs> and vodka. vodka. Yeah. Vodka. Yeah, there you, there you go. Okay, so ships, we're gonna dig right into this. So, yeah, sure. my first question to you How old were you when you first discovered music and bought your first record? I wasn't that young, actually. I mean, when I was a kid, I wasn't really interested in music at all. Okay, uh, I, my plan was to be a scientist, all right, and uh, astronomy or something like that. And so wow. I, I didn't really care about music. I mean, I, I like some songs. I like, I, I did like Kiss, Harder Than Hell. <laughs> I like uh, Sweet, a couple of songs. And pretty much some bubblegum stuff. It's not, probably not very cool, but uh, me, and, me and a couple of friends went to a garbage dump. and We found a whole box of records. Oh. And that was my introduction to music. Oh, man. There were like maybe 50 singles and 20 of those were great. And, oh, I thought they were great at least. So things like I Feel Fine with the Beatles. Oh, nice. Uh, Chicory Tip, Cigarettes, Women and Wine. I thought that was great. <laughs> Some sweet singles. Looky Looky with Georgia Moroder. Pretty much bubblegum stuff. All right. I am an astronaut and Ricky Wild. <laughs> so it was a big mess until until punk rock. Because I mean, there was there there was a lot of good music in the sixties and seventies, but I just didn't know about them because they were never on the radio in Sweden. No. And they were not in the magazines. So I have no idea about. MC5 or the Stooges or things like that. Velvet Underground, you never heard of. So it was punk rock that, that first got you going? Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine came from Stockholm. I, I lived in a small town where, where nothing happened. And he was from Stockholm. So he went down to Stockholm and then he came back and he said, Chips, come over here. 
you gotta hear this. And it was the first Ramones album, the first Clash, and the first The Damned album. <laughs> and, uh, and I went, oh my God, this is the best thing I ever heard. So no, no more science for you from No there? more science. <laughs> science was out the window. <laughs> we, we started when we started looking at those sleeves. We're like, yeah, we're going to be punk rockers. Yeah. Uh, what does punk rockers look like? Oh, they all look different. Hmm, this is confusing. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up going going for the Ramon style with <laughs> yeah the leather jacket and the jean, torn up jeans because oh. that's yeah this must be punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the first record that you bought with your own money? What was that? A punk album? The very first I bought with my own money was actually Rocket to Russia with Ramones. Nice. Yeah. Before that, I just t tape. I had no money, so I just had cassettes or records. Yeah. So that was actually the first one with my own money. Cool. With my mother's money, it was uh, never mind the oh, bollocks. Right. So you, you went straight into to punk music from there on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some kid records before, like the Jungle yeah. Book and stuff like that. <laughs> the Aristocats. Yeah. But that doesn't really count. <laughs> Everybody has those in the collection. Yeah. <laughs> and those are great records. Yeah. Don't... <laughs> But did you... Especially if you're playing backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you buy a lot of records from there on? Yeah, we can say I bought yeah. them. I didn't have that much oh, money. Okay. <laughs> By finger discount, huh? <laughs> Discount. A really good discount. We can say that. <laughs> But at least you got them. So you, you, yeah, like, yeah. Oh man. Only, only from big stores, major stores. Not, not, not like small stores. So okay. At some, at some conscious. Was there in any record stores where you lived? Yeah, I mean there were record stores, but mostly like mainstream stuff. But now and then very strange records came through that you had no idea like the suicide commandos like cutouts from america they, i guess they they bought cheap and sold them for nothing yeah. so there were good records like Pereubu and bizarros guess stuff that didn't do that well in america i guess oh. they sent over to sweden and i just i just picked up everything that looked quite punky or yeah. strange But what, was it your friend or, or was it people from the record store that pointed you in the right direction? Or, or did you go for a sense of looking at the album cover and thought that, well, this is cool? Yeah, just looking, looking at the right. album covers yeah. and checking out how many songs are there on each side. Hmm, only four songs. Ah, that can't no. be good. <laughs> that's too, that's too, they're too yeah. long. Because <laughs> Phil and I used to talk about... Um, I mean, we, we grew up like you with vinyl records and, and you can see the, the big format and so forth. And we did a show a couple of uh, weeks ago with vinyl versus CD because I couldn't imagine growing up and, and had to look at the, at the CD cover and, and, and thinking that would be cool. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's like, like it was for you going into the record store and, and looking at the cover thinking, wow, this is cool. I want to look like this. Yeah, you check the cover, you read the song titles, yeah. see if there were lots of saxophones, then you put it back. <laughs> <laughs> I got this funny story. I mean, we're talking 1977 now, yeah. so I, there was not much information. 
and I saw this this record with Iggy and the Stooges that had a big sticker on that said punk rock. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah, well, they look like the Ramones, kind of, so they, they might yeah. be good. So I took down the record, and I turned it around, and, and he said, 1970? Oh, my God, this is seven years old. This cannot be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it back. Oh, man. <laughs> Until someone told me, yes, you have to listen to the yeah. Stooges. They're, they're good. Oh, man. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the Stooges and Ramones in class, you got, got some really classic punk stuff there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really hard to get information. I mean, you would check if there's a if someone in the band had a T-shirt on with some other band. That's how you like. Okay, better check them out. Or if they thanked someone on the thank yeah. list, then you check them out. It was like detective yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I remember. I I grew up. I I was a teenager in in, in the early '80s. So, uh, but, but I was doing like the same thing, going to to shows and checking everybody out and going to the record store. We had a big record store here in, Ma in Malmo called the Record Heaven. And there was older guys that worked there and then they were so cool with, with their Ramones t-shirts and Kiss t-shirts and so forth. And I always asked them, hey, what's that band? And tried, tried to figure everything out. Because there was, like you said, there was no information to get. There was no, no. information. I mean, later we started going to Stockholm yeah. to especially Pet Sounds. Oh, man. Oh, that's a great story. And Yeah, yeah. And, and then he's same guy, still same guy in the store. He always had like, okay, you got to buy this, check this out. And then you had like more information. Well, you trusted yeah. them and said, if you bought this, then you're going to like this. So, but that's more like 1979 the first two years it was just darkness <laughs> trying to figure anything out yeah but but did you uh, get inspired by the music that you bought yeah yeah didn't take long until you started thinking well maybe i could do this yeah like, it doesn't seem so hard do you um, remember when, when that uh, breaking point was when you picked up uh, was it the guitar that you started to play first no we made stickers first <laughs> of course you did <laughs> first we said we're yeah we have a band we started talking about our band yeah. uh, then people started asking like so when are you gonna play uh soon <laughs> We made stickers and we made posters and not T-shirts. That was too expensive. Yeah. And after a couple of months, we started like checking out, well, maybe we should start playing something. <laughs> we have a band. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh, that's good. So, what, what was the first band that you played in and what kind of music was it? Uh, we only, we were called the Rats for a couple of weeks. <laughs> And that's the stickers. There were the rats. Yeah. My mother helped us out because he worked with stuff like that. So, <laughs> and then we changed the name to Scandal. 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 Because oh. it, it was my idea. Because I, I said to the other guys, that was before the first show we did. Yeah. I said, if, if, if the journalists are coming here, if we were, if we're, we are called Scandal, they're, they're going to write about us. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> and that, exactly. We got the headlines. Yeah. Scandal at the club. <laughs> hey, nice. I, yeah. 
That's I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking ahead. This is sort of like a punk <laughs> attitude right there. Yeah. Let's name the band Scandal and 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 the people will write about us. <laughs> so, yeah. So why well, we only we did only we did covers like yeah, the Ramones, of course. And yeah. uh pistols were too hard to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wire vibrators. We, I think we only had like two or three songs that we wrote ourselves. Okay. One was called "Kill Them All." <laughs> Very charming. <laughs> right. Was it was it the guitar that you started to play, or do, did you try out any other instruments? No, I started with bass. Oh right. Just because uh, the other guy already had a guitar, yeah. so then. Okay, well, I'll play bass. I, I had no, I had never played any instrument before that, so I, I never thought about music. I didn't even know what the difference was between guitar and bass. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went into the music store, and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to buy a bass. Yeah, you can check them out over there." And I went over and, I'm, where are the basses? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the ones with four strings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so I really started at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when when you changed to guitar? Yeah, it's late seventies. We started. I think we started in in late seventy seven. But when we had instruments, it was <laughs> a couple <laughs> of months later. So in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. And uh, I played bass for two years, and then I started thinking of. Hmm, seems like the guitar players are getting more attention. So yeah. I better switch to guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, was there in the punk music any guitar players in particular that inspired you to to go that way? No, I don't think there was any specific guitar players like that. Um, it was more like, I mean, I want to I want to write songs, and you don't write songs on bass. No, <laughs> you write on guitar. So. Yeah. I already played guitar when I was writing songs because I mean that's the first thing I almost did was it was too hard to learn other people's songs. I wrote a couple that were quite easy to play, so we had something to start with. Yeah, but those songs were quite bad, so they didn't get the reaction from the audience. The covers <laughs> went much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you went from D being a Didi to a Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Th then you started a new band and and you started practicing playing playing guitar. Uh, did you go back and listen to to the records that you, that you found out when when you were uh, the ones that you bought and and learned from them and and created your own style from there? Because you got a you got a, a particular I think uh, a punkish style about you mm -hmm. when you play. I didn't really check records out. I, I just sit around for hours and hours and figure out how to do it. So I, I got the wrong finger setting on all chords. <laughs> so I figured them out on my own, like like trying out ding, ding, bong. No, that's not good. Ding, 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 that's better. So I figured out all the chords, but I had no idea what they were called. And someone told me later, yeah, that I thought I was a genius that I made up those chords myself. <laughs> I said, no, that's a G, that's a E, that's a C. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't a genius. But <laughs> so, uh, so I still have the wrong setting on my fingers for the chords. <laughs> okay. Which sort of gives me my own style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you got a, a, a specific uh, style of playing when, when when you hear it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like maybe 20 years later I started to like learning a solo from a record because we want to play that song. Otherwise, yeah. I just try to figure out on my own. Yeah. Maybe maybe I was too lazy or. But but you you weren't all that lazy because you you started and and then you progressed and then you moved on and and you formed other bands. So when did you know that that this is for me? This is what I'm going to do with my life. I think it was the first, not the first gig I did, but the first gig we did with the drummer of Sator. Yeah, we did this one-off gig that we arranged ourselves, and. Uh, there were like 60 people coming to to the show and we made i think it was five kronas the <laughs> tickets <clears throat> so we got hundreds of kronas yeah. and counting them and saying this is good this is really good <laughs> we're making money we can do this yeah <laughs> and that's that's like 1979 yeah and then it took another 10 years before we started making money. <laughs> it was just a little, little glimpse that, yeah, yeah. This, this, this is good. <laughs> but, but still not looking back at the scientist thing, moving on with, with, with punk rock or rock and roll for that matter? I think we sort of all forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I still, when I see the science shows on TV, I'm like, well, maybe I should have been there. <laughs> uh, I still follow when NASA, <laughs> the, the Mars landing, has said, well, maybe that was the place I was supposed to be at. <laughs> but you, we never know. We never know. We never know. <laughs> it's not too late. <laughs> never too late. Or is it? <laughs> never too late to give up on music. <laughs> oh, you can't give up on music. Never. Oh. <laughs> No, that's not going to no. happen. It's too much yeah. fun. Yeah. When did you sense with uh, with uh, Sator that that it was going the right direction? Around 1984, 1985, when we started touring all over Sweden. Yeah. And then he's then from then we thought that yeah now it's going to get we're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. That, that's how it works. That's what we thought. Yeah. It doesn't really work like that, but it worked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it worked out really good, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, still, we're still around. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But, but later on in your career, you, you, you also started to produce other bands. What, was that something that also like progressed from like the, the bass to the guitar and and music and, and so forth that that you wanted to pursue or early on or was it something that you stumbled upon? Uh, before just before Sator, yeah, I was in a band called Brill Boys. <laughs> uh, we did one punk single, and they treated us really bad in the studio. Okay. And I, I said everything we tried to say. No, you can't do that. We want more. We want more guitars. No, there are, there can't be any more guitars. <laughs> yes, there can. <laughs> That's when I figured out. Well, I better learn this myself. Those assholes don't understand. Okay. So, but it took quite a while to learn. But it was always the idea first, just for making our own records. Yeah. 
there was never a plan to produce other bands. That that was just people started asking me. Yeah. And I said, I think the first band was a band called Psychotic Youth. We said, can you produce us? Said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I guess I, and, and then it went on from there. People like that record and the Nomads asked me and then people like the Nomads. So I, I never really planned to go into producing, but people keep asking me. Yeah. So, so that was just something you kind of picked up as things went along. So it was more self-taught, just like the, the bass and the, and the guitar. Yeah. And I also started feeling like you learn a lot when you work with other people, even if you don't like, you don't copy their songs or anything, but you learn to think in different ways. Mm -hmm. Every songwriter has their own way of solving arrangements and stuff. Yeah. But but you you must have had a, a like a, a clear vision of the sound that you were trying to get with the bands because you were, I mean, I mean, you had such a bad experience yourself. So were you able to connect with the bands that, that wanted you to, to produce them in a, in a different way, do you think? I mean, my idea was that bands should be listened to. Yeah. So I, I, we talk a lot before we start, start a record and really try to figure out what, what do you want? Where do you want to go? Uh, my job is to help them get there. Yeah. And, and not saying nah, not it's not possible. Like, <laughs> you cannot have more guitar. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to say that. <laughs> no, no. The artist is always right. Yeah. Has there been a, a time where you thought, when when talking to the band and 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 trying to figure out their song, when you said to yourself, "This is like way off from what I'm thinking in my head." we cannot connect at all and and then you said no yeah i've said no a couple of times yeah when they play like if they play corn and they have a budget that's you can record in someone's basement i i just say that's not possible yeah i mean these records cost millions and millions of dollars so it's not possible to do them without money also sometimes when when they play too bad i mean they play <laughs> They play ACDC and they say, we want to sound like ACDC. Well, well, you're not ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be honest with them and don't, and don't tell them that. Yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let's dive into your vinyl collection. Um, so what, what is that one vinyl record that's in your collection that you wouldn't give up for anything? I mean, that would be those three first ones, Ramones, The Clash, and The Damned, because they started everything. So it just kicked everything off. Now, is is yeah, is, is your collection more punk based, or is there like a little bit of everything in it? A little bit of everything. There's lots of '60s stuff and '70s stuff. Okay. Not so much mainstream stuff though, but but some. Well, who needs the mainstream stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you still buy records today? Yeah, yeah. I have not not so much this year because no, no. <laughs> it's been the fucking Corona yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so is there is there anything you're looking for that that you don't have in your collection, but you you, you do anything to get? What's the holy grail? Oh, 
That's the holy grail. God save the queen on A and M. All right. Okay. Nice. But uh, it would probably be too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I kind of like to buy a whole bunch of cheap records and just check them out. Like, say, what's this? And read about them and listen to them. That's, I think that's quite fun. Yeah. Like bargain, go to the bargain bin and pick up a bunch of 70s records and just give them a chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. One in 10 is good. good. Yeah. yeah it's... I found lots of stuff that way. That's like the best way ever to, to go in and, and finding stuff in the dollar bin and, and taking that home. And discover, yeah, I mean, there's lots of good stuff in there. Yeah. Records that deserve better. Yeah. Do you still feel like uh, going back and, and, and listening to those old records? It, does it take you back when, when you write your own music? You started off with, with like the Ramones and Clash and, and Pistols. Is that how you think of music today? Yeah, I mean, those first years really sort of sets the tone for you. Yeah. Uh, I think I based my songwriting on maybe 10 or 20 bands from, and they're all from the same like late 70s yeah. era. I met, met a band uh, last year in England, the band called The Drones, not the new one, the 1977 band called The Drones. Yeah. And I, and I, when I heard them now, the play their own songs, I, I heard, oh my God, that's my guitar style. <laughs> Lots of that in there. It, a, I had to tell the guitar player, well, I think I probably based a lot of my guitar playing on your guitar playing. <laughs> so, Thank you or sorry, depending <laughs> on how you feel. <laughs> but he, he was, he seemed proud. Yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't really thought about it until I heard it now. I said, well, that's the way I play. Yeah, of course, because that's what I listened to back then. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh, my first experience with Sator. I think it was the, uh, the album Slammer. Yeah. I, I, I could like hear ramones and and the studios and and whatnot in in there so i got intrigued i i, I said I, wow i i, I got to check this out and go see the band live so that's how i started so for you saying that the ramones and, and clash and so forth what what got you going it's it's right on the money because I, i could hear it in in that mm -hmm. album yeah we, we're still basically sound the same <laughs> yeah <laughs> You, you actually do, and I I like that. I I think that you progressed, and and you did some. I I'm a I'm a big fan of, of like Slammer, Starkworker, Nuts, and and Headquake. The those are my three favorites. So so, but it's 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 in there. You can you can hear it. it it's uh, uh the Ramones thing. It's it's coming and going all over the place, and I I really dig that. Yeah, it's it's always gonna be there. Yeah. And then I mean we when Slammer around Slammer, then we started to have quite big record collections. So you could always mix in. I mean, there's even some experimental stuff like the Throbbing Gristle and Cabaret Voltaire and stuff like that that you can't really hear, but it's in there. I mean, with all those tapes from movies and stuff. Yeah. So, so it's very much a mix of our record collections. And then you have always have harmonies. Yeah, with Sator, 
And I mean, that's the Kinks and the Beatles and even the Beach Boys. We listen a lot to the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can hear that too, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the, the way you describe your progression, it's, it's sort of like um, doing it with, with all of the stuff that, that's, that you talked about. Do, do you still um, get inspired by music today? Or, or does it only have to do with all the, the, the 70s stuff that you grew up on? You're talking about new bands? Both new and, and music in general that you find in the, like you said, in, in, in the dollar bin that inspire you when you write your own music today? I mean, I, I can't really say I buy that many new recorded records. No. Because, I mean, most of, there's a lot of good stuff out there but almost everything in rock and roll now is is retro they're either 70s band or they're 60s band or they're a punk band and i mean so are we yeah uh, there's not much new happening in rock at the moment no and i, and I mean i don't i don't listen to hip-hop and stuff like that very much so the influences are, are well probably mostly old records that you find and you, you think, oh, I can write a song like this. Oh, that's a good idea. And you sort of, you don't steal the song, but you, you sort of get inspired. Yeah, you can think like this. Yeah. And then you write something similar. And I guess that's what almost everyone does. Yeah. Sweet. I'm just reading a Paul McCartney book now. I, I'm not Paul McCartney. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he said the same thing, that he, they had listened to songs and they said, yeah, we, we want to write a similar one. You gotta be inspired by something. I mean, it, it won't show up from nowhere. Mm -hmm. No, I guess. It's it's funny when when you mentioned that uh, um, progress w with Paul McCartney because I I read in a book like some ten years ago with uh, uh, Benny from 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 ABBA. Yeah, where, where they asked him how how did you did you know how to to write a song and and. To be to make it successful. Well, I I wrote one song, people bought it, and then I wrote the song all over again. But I changed the chords. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still I, I'm writing the same song all over again. So, and it's it's sort of like when you when you mention Paul McCartney, you find that one thing that that flies, and then you go with it. You go with it, yeah. Well, that's cool. But on on a different note, what was the the feeling when when you first held your first vinyl record with your own band? Oh, that that's that you'll never forget moments no. like that. And the first time you heard your record on the radio, um, yeah. that's got to use the word magic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a, was it with Sator or or uh... that that punk band I was talking about, Brill Boys? That was the first vinyl record oh, cool. we made, but but we. When when we got the record, the band had all it broke up. <laughs> but it was still like, well, yeah, we made a record. Yeah, I was. We sort of when we made a record, there was no point of going on because we knew we would never get anywhere. I <laughs> could. <laughs> so you. Brought... That, that's when we started Sauter because I, I had my eye on Michael the drummer. Yeah. Like like he he's the best drummer in town. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with him. Yeah. And then we found. Kent later, oh, he can sing harmony. Okay, we need him. So we, yeah, 
we try to get the best people with yeah. with the best yeah. taste in the band. Now, I mean, the fir- the first time I, I heard a record, our record on the radio, that was Sotor or Sotor Codex, as we were called. Yeah, and I was there was a, a radio show in Sweden called uh, Lila Bummen. It was every Sunday they played independent stuff. Yeah. And I was still working back then. So I was on my way to the night shift when the show started. Okay. I was standing in the door and I, ah, oh, they're not going to play the record. They're not going to play the record. Well, I have to leave for work. And then I heard him say, well, here's a single from Borlänge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was just jumping around and then I had to <laughs> run to work. So I didn't hear what he said afterwards. <laughs> And that was a big moment I'll never forget. All right, man. It was such an honor to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, yes, it was great definitely. fun. Yeah. Thank you. So is Sartre on, on the verge of, of releasing a, another album? Could you give, give us a scoop? Yes, I can give you a scoop. The, the album is done. Oh. And it was done already last summer. Yeah. <laughs> And it's the Barbecue, Barbecue Killers Volume 2. Oh, cool. All right. Finally, the people have been asking for for 25 <laughs> years or something. <laughs> and uh, we, we actually started recording it quite soon after the first one. Yeah. So it's we've been recording it on and off for, I think it's 23 <laughs> years. <laughs> so that's got to be some kind of record yeah. for... Yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> So, beef China's democracy. Well, yeah, there's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, it actually it's a double album, oh, a double oh, vinyl. Cool. Oh man, with like I think it's twenty nine or thirty songs. Oh, <laughs> so, oh man, that's cool. Nice. And I, I I'm not sure when it's going to be out because we're still waiting for this thing to start up again. Yeah, but it's done. And it's master and everything, so it's just waiting around. All right, for the right moment. Cool. So a double vinyl from Seder. You're here it yeah. here on Sounds on Vinyl, right? Yeah. Barbecue kills. Lots two. of punk rock on. Nice. Oh man, that's that's awesome. Can't wait to fire that up. All right. Yeah. Thanks again, yes. Chips, for taking Thanks. the time. We really appreciate. And until next time, you can check it out on Facebook, on Instagram, and all those good places where you go and, and find out what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, until next time, later. Later. Bye-bye. If your ears aren't bleeding by now, you didn't listen to Sounds on Vinyl the right way, so go back and listen again. Sounds on Vinyl is hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer and produced by Booze Hound Entertainment. Go to soundsonvinyl.com to support the show, to dive deeper into listening and collecting vinyl. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support.